0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. Always marvel at the stock markets. They're... I think the best story out there, as far as my bang for my buck goes. What will the weekend hold? What will the news shows reveal about this presidency? Because that seems to be a drivable market event right now. Earnings season as well. Then you get into the story stocks and trends. Lots going on. Are we finally going to see Donald Trump's taxes? Maybe. A judge has basically thrown out his appeal after he lost. That challenged his tax returns to being turned over from the federal government to the U.S. state of New York, I believe, is how the case is played out. That'll be kind of interesting. What do we expect? A tweet storm? Maybe. Markets and in- considered to be nervous at this point in time. So when you have situations like Washington, D.C.'s tweet storms happening, it it could turn a good day into, well, that doesn't sound functional. Mom and dad hate each other. I guess I'm calling Nancy Pelosi and Donald Trump mom and dad. The market's got to be nervous about the trade war with China, but it really seems that The U.S. wants the best overall deal, quote-unquote comprehensive deal. And China wants to uh, to fix something kind of fast. I don't know if that's quite the right way of saying it. I'm not a fly on the wall, but it doesn't seem like the two really are going to get anything done. But everything right now is kind of a rumor. So you're seeing a lot of float the information to see if it's it's well-received by the people. So you got the Fed Open Market Committee meetings this week. You get some trade talk this week. We move closer to the holidays. GM's still got some corporate news, which is kind of a horseshoe, or you want to maybe call it an anchor around a horse's neck. They're, They're continuing their fight with the UAW, and it's not going pretty not like the two of them are sitting down together and go singing to each other. You can talk about pensions. It's there. There's anger with each other. So we'll see how that plays out. I don't own any car companies. I don't own any directly, by the way. That means probably indirectly with ETFs, probably. The General Electric's in the news. They, too are tied to the word pension. GM's trying to figure out the best way to get people to come to work on a regular basis and get trained on a regular basis. Uh, GE's trying to figure out how do we stop people from contributing to their pension plans? We're trying to improve our balance sheet, so when they contribute, we contribute, and we don't want that anymore. So GE doing something that's considered to be shareholder-friendly, but not employee-friendly. That kind of sucks about Wall Street. Joker is what's right about Wall Street. I know you're saying, what, 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 what could that possibly be? Joker hauled in ninety-three and a half million dollars in its opening weekend. That's a big amount of money. That's the highest debut for a film released in October cinematic history. The production costs were somewhere around sixty million, so pulling in ninety-three million. You could say a lot of people would be happy with that one. Warner Brothers certainly has something to smile about, which is tied towards Time Warner, which is tied towards CNN, which is tied towards Ah. Um, AT and T owns the whole Warner Brothers. Do we still haven't really figured out what AT and T is going to be doing with this asset? But Joker hauled in ninety-three and a half million dollars. It took out another superhero kind of bad guy origin film, Venom, which was the Spider-Man villain by the same name that pulled in eighty-point-two million. I haven't seen either. Venom or Joker, and I'll be honest with you, it'll probably be an HBO in the middle of the night from too much turkey, and my stomach's going grrr. And I'll watch it on uh, one of the downloadable stations, streaming stations. But uh, some people saw a $50 million opening while others saw $100 million or more. So $93 million, it's on the high end of, of very positive. And they say it's Oscar worthy. <laughs> I'm not that guy, people. Trust me. I wish I was, but I'm not. 800 516 1220 each calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I'm not sure that the judge opening up Trump's taxes to the people. Is going to be a big financial story. I don't know. But I can tell you it could have very dramatic effects on Wall Street. In the short term. In the long term, we're going to get back to earnings. Things like stock buybacks. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. So GE is freezing the pensions for about 20,000 employees. Stock surges on that news, like I said. Bad for the employees, good for the company, shareholders. That's kind of unfortunate in my opinion. Barron's did a really nice piece this weekend. After last week, we saw basically Charles Schwab and TD Ameritrade throw in the towel on commissions for stock trading. So Barron's uh, is one of those resources that I want you to use. Whether you're a board op who is trying to, like, figure out where his, his career is going and where his life is going and who's he going to be with and when is he going to be. Barons is a good read. But you have to have some time to read and sit down in a chair and not play video games. So Barons B-A-R-R-O-N-S, Barons Charles Schwab, uh, so I think it's a great gift for basically anyone out there, whether you're sophisticated or whether you're in the industry or... Whether you're uh, just starting to learn more, so they did a nice piece on the price wars of the brokerage industry, and price wars have existed, you know, in other industries for sure. But this has been an interesting one where we're going from $400 trade down to free, and they did a nice piece about Schwab and ETrade and a company called Interactive Brokers and TD Ameritrade. And if there's a winner, Barron's decided it's probably going to be Schwab, though the company faces significant near-term challenges. Schwab has a history of disrupting every industry, practice, and price. It's well capitalized. It's broadly diversified. It's managed with an eye towards long-term growth. So Barron's has an opinion of sometimes why they like things, and sometimes they'll have an opinion of why they don't like things. And that's just as important. Probably gets half of its revenue now from net interest income. And the company's gonna lose 75 to 150 million in revenue for every quarter that point the Federal Reserve cuts. So the banks are getting hurt on this one. But uh Barron's super great art, uh super great newspaper weekly magazine kind of thing. But it has that old fashioned newspaper feel to it, so I kind of dig it. You can check me out at robblackshow.com, it's robblackshow.com. You can check Barons out at barons.com. It's B A R R O N S.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Trusted there until it can't be trusted there. So, one tweet from the Houston Rockets kind of reminded me of that. Just this morning. They got a general manager, Daryl Morey. He set off an international crisis with China over the weekend. How did a general manager of a basketball team? How did that happen with China? Now, I, I get instantly I'm seeing visions in my head. A lot of NBA players are encouraged to endorse China and embrace China. You see a lot of your favorite stars and celebrities go to China for summer tours. Um, oh, but Hong Kong's in the news right now. So General Manager Daryl Morey apologized on Twitter over a now deleted tweet that spoke in support of Hong Kong protesters. Morey's apology underscores the challenges American companies face when doing business in China's massive economy because you can't run the risk of saying anything that will upset the country's autocratic government. Um, right now there's big drama going on, and it, it's it's big drama that, Again, you may not notice, because it's not front burner. It's front burner of the headlines, but you may not be paying attention to front burner in news headlines. But uh, China basically just threw their shade at the tweet, saying that essentially they don't agree with it. And this guy had to cave. And the NBA had to... (laughs) Human rights, we don't care all that much about them. But kissing China's butt for money... (laughs) There's some of that going on here. And uh, I don't know. I'm not going to get judgmental on that. It's just on me. Uh, I'm not judgmental. So listen to this. Convicted pedophile Gary Glitter. Set to earn big royalties from the Joker movie. Because it uses that rock and roll part two. And then you hear hear the clap. Isn't that crazy? So the way our economic world is set up. Convicted pedophile Gary Glitter. Set to earn big royalties from Joker movie. I don't know how I feel about that. It's obviously the Joker's an R rated comic book movie adaption, but Rock and Roll Part 2 was uh, part of Gary Glitter's 1972 hit. Song's played for approximately two minutes. It's about Joaquin Phoenix, who has received rave reviews. He's awesome. He's beautiful. He's going to Largo uh, for his portrayal and You know, just this crazy villain we all kind of love and know. So, uh, Gary Glitter, how does that make you feel? Again, how do you feel about investing in Boeing? They make missiles. Sure, they make jet engines and planes and such, but... So, the whole China thing. I think that's a a fair warning. If China disagrees with something in your business, the NBA kissed their butt pretty fast because... Uh, they came down hard on Houston to make sure that the NBA is not hurt by political feelings being hurt. So it's, I used to say a little bit more politically incorrect that, you know, China's run over their own people with tanks in Tiananmen Square. And uh, you kind of got to be careful. So I looked at Peloton's IPO performance and it's pretty miserable. It's now down about 20%. But you look at Ubers and you're like, well, they're, they're, they're about worse than that. But you look at Lyft, they're worse than that, where they're down from their start. But this is about the time where Uber should have Plan B kicked in. I'm bringing this up because I tend to like to try to get you ahead of a stock movement. Uh, we know Uber, if you take an Uber or Lyft right now, it's... It's no longer better priced than a cab, at least not at certain times. It's it's considerably worse. But you're going to start seeing things from like Uber Freight and Uber Eats starting to get dangled in front of the typical investor and not necessarily the cabbing service. This year's IPOs have been very, very interesting. And sometimes it's in that underperformance by kind of a star, kind of a, a fallen star, so to speak it could bring up a lot of interest for me because this is about the time when Uber should have something up their sleeve. And freight costs have been going down now for about three years in the United States because logistics are becoming better um, because of companies like Uber Freight. You hire a lot of drivers and you bring the cost of freight down. So taking a look at this year's IPOs. Um, there's been some winners and there's been some losers. but to me companies like Lyft, Uber, Peloton are really have to show us some sort of you know track to profitability and they have to do it soon. So from the 1990s.com bubble, and that was a very good time to be an investor because any IPO that came out it was almost fun to say that well, you'd call up your broker what, what do you have for me today? oh, this company's going public in about 45 minutes. you want me to set up a trade for you? And you're like, yeah, yeah, but if it opens too high, I don't want it. And then you have to go through that whole process of uh, setting price of what you would feel comfortable with. And it was just silly, the early 90s. So the NASDAQ was up more than 500% from 95 until the bubble burst in March of 2000. 500% in five years. That's pretty glorious, like, there were some cigarettes we had smoke that weren't earned. So now the crash that happened from 2000 to 2002 put such a, a scar into the market that it took about 15 years for the NASDAQ to get above that 500% push. Then there was a crash, and then there's 15 years to work back up to that up 500% number. I certainly think the NASDAQ put in their work. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't be shy. We can talk about anything that you want to talk about. We can talk Gary Glitter. Ooh. We talk investments, retirements, insurance issues, mistakes, and much, much more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. It's back. Rob Black and Your Money. It's back like a bad Halloween. Freakish monster, right? No, 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 no. It's back like McRib. McRib season's here again. Yay, sweet, wonderful. We've got the obnoxious Starbucks pumpkin lattes. We've gone through September, which seems to be the month of Chick-fil-A versus Popeye's versus McDonald's spicy versus uh, Wendy's spicy. Like, did Burger King get us tickets? I don't even know. But now we're into the McRib season. And that makes many chickens happy. It's the iconic barbecue sandwich that's set for return for a limited time only. There's actually websites dedicated to finding who has McRib first and everything else. I wish we were talking about something like McCafe's Donut Sticks with a new chocolate dipping sauce. I wish we could talk about the Cinnamon Cookie Latte, but no, we're talking about the McRib, mother. Mother! Um, people have created Instagram stories for their love of the McRib, very loyal fans i know i know i know and if you knew what it was because it's not exactly where's the bones (laughs) and if you knew the bone lines were drawn in you'd be like i don't care don't spoil a good thing for me black it's probably the most processed food no no i'm not gonna say that because i don't want to get sued 800-516-1220 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to Well, we can talk about money, investing, in more. IPOs, I'd be careful. They differ like gold and clay this year, right? So, something I'm hearing more and more about is Elizabeth Warren. The whole Trump impeachment thing, and I'm so not political, and yet I have to get kind of a little wet with some of this sometimes, is that perhaps Trump getting pulled down with, his issue it's also pulling Biden down in the polls, and it's giving Elizabeth Warren a chance to make a break into the presidential argument, especially now that Bernie Sanders has had a heart attack or something like that. Again, I'm talking really wonky information there, but a lot of people think Elizabeth Warren would be the worst in in America for corporate America. That all the regulations that Trump has rolled back, she'll roll back on. But she'll also say, as president, I demand Facebook to get broken up. I, again, I'm putting words into the. This is where it gets really weird. I'm, I don't know politics that well. But there's a lot of fear that she's worse than Trump. And that someone like Biden would be wonderful. Because he's very much so moderate. Even in moderation type situations. Um, but I just throw that out there. I digress. You can have a control of Spotify with Siri on your phone, and I'm just like, whoa. It is kind of interesting to watch how these, I'm not going to say once rivals, uh, ultimately end up somehow working together. But you can see it in other industries as well. So, um, and you can also see it like dysfunctional. Comcast obviously benefits from streaming when people use faster internet and they have no problem selling it. But on the same spectrum, Disney saying we're not going to let any Netflix ads run on our ESPN or ABC properties. You're like, wow. Game on. Game on. Thank you, Mr. Trump. Whoa. Yeah, so Spotify launched an app. And this is where it gets kind of like time travel weird. So they launched an updated app this week that basically lets Siri play your music. Uh huh. Uh huh. Way far. Okay, yeah. Not that big of a story. It's a company that's not very well liked by Wall Street. Spotify. Just throwing that out there for you. 800 1220 to each calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Wow. I keep coming back to market stories. They're just not that good today. Um, the McRibs out there. Trump loses his New York Fed court fight to keep his tax return secret from the prosecutor. I wonder in the end how much he's going to regret his presidency because you can do some pretty good shenanigans to enrich yourself, but that story uh, is going to form around you. Is if he doesn't have the money that he says he's had and we see it, was it worth it? I don't know. Disney guests got gra- uh, stranded on one of their new rides for hours. Not a big story for me. To I me, mean, that's almost like press. I know a couple moms are going to pull their kids from ever going. And, but you tell kids that there's a death ride at Disney, it's like, yeah. 800 516 1220, teacher calls on the air. One of the comments that I get often is people who are kind of belligerent about real estate. Um, you know who you are if you're like, that's the only way to do things. And then you're like, you start looking at current market conditions, and you're like, well, gets a little bit tougher to explain how to do it. A lot of people who made money in real estate did it not knowingly. And they were in the right place at the right time. But you ask them to put money together now. I know some people are still stressed about that. Like, oh, real estate's too expensive. I'm just going to wait. U.S. cities were not overvalued when compared to European cities. A recent real estate market showed. Um, I spent a little time in Denver this weekend, and I can tell you that the traffic was horrific for Denverites, because they will tell you it's horrific. But for what you get in the Bay Area at 5 in the morning, they're getting 8 in the morning. A little bit different. But they're hating how many people are migrating to their cities. And again, the word migrate, you're like, oh, I'm tense about that. You shouldn't be. Uh, the numbers are somewhere between five and 8,000 a month, but some say as high as 15,000 people are moving to Denver on a monthly basis. And the people there all have kind of a unified message that, you know, it's too much, it's the millennials, they're coming for the marijuana. And you're like, okay, that's millennials are getting a bad rap sometimes. And uh, that's all I'm going to say, because I think that's fair to make it right there. 800 516 calls in there. Stock market trades slightly lower. No major catalyst. Last week was pretty dramatic. This week, maybe not so much. A lot of the same topics. Apple has bucked the broader trend today, like they did last week. Harley Davidson's down 2%. Reuters did a story on them saying that their new strategy is not working well with young consumers. So the electric motorcycle, which is just kind of an abomination of God in front of the eyes of motorcycle and and carbon enthusiasts. But the electric motorcycle aims for a market that does not really exist, which is the young, green, and affluent first-timer. They can be young, and they can be green, or they can be green, and they can be affluent, but they can't be young, green, and affluent, according to this analyst. NVIDIA's have a nice day. Uh, NVIDIA GPU company, they really do make fabulous graphic processors and they compete largely with AMD and others on some level. But the demand for GPU is not going to go away. Um, Their high end product competes nicely with AMD, even though some months AMD is going to be the winner, and some months NVIDIA is going to be the winner, and some months it's going to go back to AMD. You don't worry about that kind of thing. Uh, you kind of blend it all together and say, wow, they're one of two companies who can do this and, and do it on a Wall Street perspective, a scale that, that is impressive. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You can hear one of the things I lost this weekend was my voice standing out in the cold, the cold Denver Nights. Uh, great city, by the way. So it wasn't that cold, but pretty darn cold. 800 516 calls on the air. Uh, Redskins coach got fired after going 0-5. You got to understand that there's been periods in your life where you do lose your job. Millennials are more likely to say, to look at jobs as kind of like inconveniences in their 20s. But as you get older, you'll settle down. But job security is a pretty big issue. I bring it up in large part because the NFL coach, I mean, that's a thankless job in my opinion. Uh, You did well. You developed a quarterback at some university. You get hired to do the same thing at college or that you did, but they want you to now do it in the NFL. And then some... Executive CS teams goes 0-16. He's like, I want that guru quarterback guy to be my coach because we're going to draft a guru quarterback, a quarterback who needs guruing. But for all that it's worth, I don't know. I don't know how to give my career versus a sporty career. Yankee fans were a little bit mean to a relief pitcher from Minnesota who last year was in the minor leagues and while he was in the minor leagues, he was... Uh, working as an Uber driver, and most people go, that's an awesome thing. But Yankee fans hold it against you for being, like, pathetic that you're not good at baseball enough to earn your keep there, that you were actually doing Uber as well. But anyhow, uh, job shaming, right? It's out there. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do my very, very, very best to bring you an entertaining show. Sometimes it's better than others. Sometimes my voice is weaker than others. I'm not a professional broadcaster. I'm a professional financial guy. Who fell into broadcasting and found that, you know, as a way of telling a story, I was pretty good at it. I'm always considering new projects or last projects, as I've been doing this a long time now. And it's something you have to do in order to have credibility on Wall Street. I've been there and seen it, so to speak. Have I seen as much as your grandfather? No. Do I want you talking to your grandfather? Yes. I think anyone who's got some seasonality to them. As long as you can see some modicum of success in their life, I think you can draw on them as a resource and maybe you'll develop them as a positive resource. Maybe you'll say, this is what I shouldn't do. Trade wars, political turmoil. I hate that those are the two top things driving the market right now. I'd rather be shaky economic data out of the U.S. Or decade-long bull market getting tired. None of these things are unreasonable. If you're a warrior, shooting at the walls, heartache, bang, bang. I am the warrior? No, the warrior. The warrior? The warrior. Oh, forget it. There's still reasons, in my opinion, to not worry. Stay calm. We're 2% from all-time highs. It's not like we're falling, like, aggressively up for the quarter. We're not falling out of bed in any way, shape, or form. I don't even know what that means, falling out of bed, but it sounds like it's a horrible thing. Strategists around the world are calling for a 9% rise in global equities by the end of 2020. But everyone sees it as bumpy. I don't mind bumpy. I'm not one to get up freaked out by uh, turbulence when I was six I was on a plane that it was probably the most turbulent ride that you could have without dying like we dropped 10,000 feet pretty fast a couple times struggled, the engine was making horrible ner- noises so like, I'm good with turbulence when you do that at a young age you kind of get it out of the way but I always enjoy the people who don't like turbulence Trade wars are proving to be a drag now as heightened political tensions continue to play into our psyche. So very, very unhelpful for global equities. So we've dampened, we've loosened our monetary policy, but we've probably dampened our expectations in that process. Ultimately admitting that, yes, the economy is slowing Quantitative easing involves central banks buying back government bonds, and that's a thing that helps push risk, push opportunity. When the government buys their own debt, they're creating a lower-cost debt, which should entice someone, people. like If you and me were just evil people, we'd want to lend $100,000 for a year, get your loan done, and then you give us 120000 back, so like 20% off. We're evil. We did that because we're taking advantage of you. You needed the money. You couldn't get it from a bank. You couldn't get it from anyone else. So we we took advantage of you. Equities are likely to perform better in the world, in the United States, than around the rest of the world. There's one analyst who sees us about 13% higher than where we were today. That's not bad. Next year's expectations. That's something that you can work with, right? It's not You're not thinking, oh my gosh, I'm getting into a sinking boat. It's okay. You can work with it. You could say that bull markets create huge opportunities where you can invest and do nothing but great. Or you could say that bear markets, as they get older, they, their windows kind of narrow. And uh, you can fund an account 10 times in the last 20 weeks and find that you've made like no significant progress because. It's not finding a reason for new highs. It's not finding a reason for new lows. Said bull market. So there is also a story out there that I'll throw out there. It's kind of tough to explain, kind of tough to put into, you know, a good tangent thought. But for lack of a better word, and I'm totally making the word up, de-equitization. That's when companies are buying back more shares than they're issuing. With fewer shares outstanding, the remaining units of stock represent a claim to a larger share of the underlying company's earnings, which can boost pro- earnings per share, profits per share. And that gets you a higher valuation if you buy back enough shares. In theory, not doesn't work for every single company. Sometimes buybacks fail tremendously. But if it's a big enough one and companies are committed to uh, buyback back shares on pullbacks, It can be a tool for a company to get earnings growth, even though they're not getting a lot of revenue growth. So de-equitization, that also plays into, surprisingly, the IPO market. And one of the reasons WeWork wasn't going to come public is because we saw Uber and Lyft basically just soften the market completely for demand. elsewhere out there when you're looking at global markets versus U.S. markets. Um, everyone's kind of expecting for... There's a word called middling. Middling growth? They're not expected for robust or negative, but middling? Kind of like muddling through it? Equities in the U.K. look cheap. So, also across the, a lot of the European Union Um uh, China still looks very susceptible to trade wars and slowdown in valuations, creating less demand, creating less inflation. United States, we have our issues, being that we're an old bull market. It's tough to teach old bull new tricks, so to speak. How do we break to new highs without earnings? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing and more. Find me online at com.